5 hacks to succeed in discussions with your vendor. Welcome to episode 44. Hey, what's up everybody? I'm your host, Georg Loro, and this is the Mastering Embedded Systems Podcast. Today, I'm recording from Moyema. That's in the very southwest of France, and it's middle of my vacation time. I, we are off for two weeks, and today is Sunday in the middle of the vacation time. And I'm sitting outside in the garden. It's beautiful weather. It's, uh, we have had a marvelous time now. And uh, this is really great. And you might have some, you might hear some background noises. Mainly, there is an amazing robo a cleaning vacuum machine in the pool at the moment. And we are standing around the pool and with bare astonishment, what's going on there? I, I will have to take a, a video of that. So it's really amazing to see this little piece of machine working and cleaning the ground of our pool. But that's not the top topic for today. Today, uh, we are focusing an issue which I have observed, which I have been familiar with for a long time. And right before my holiday, I have made a bad experience. Some meetings with a vendor has gone suboptimal, to say the least. Mm, it was something where there were several roadblocks and nitpicking details, which brought the meetings close to a waste of time. However, it was a good opportunity, especially as I was not in charge, to observe what could be done much more better when talking with vendors for technical problems. I have run a lot of such talks and I wanted to take this bad situation as a trigger to collect my five personal hacks to get the most out of vendor discussions. You should listen to this episode if you could be sooner or later found yourself confronted with your boss's request saying, hey man, let's discuss with Wender XYZ, why should this support us here? And with let us, he of course means you. Or you have already talked with your vendor or vendors, and you again and again observe some counterproductive situations, but you do not exactly know how to improve them. This episode enhances you to finish vendor discussions better as average. Or if you are the vendor, you know exactly whether your customer is well prepared and honest with you in his request for explicit support. I assume this topic is not really new for you and that's the reason I would expect you to reply with your tips and hacks how to succeed with your vendor talks. How do you do personally this kind of, how do you manage this kind of affair by yourself? All links and further details are available as always at the show notes on embeddedsuccess.com episode 44. But now, Let's jump right into it, stay tuned, and be inspired. Okay, first of all, what's our situation? Very often in this kind of embedded realm projects, you run into problems with the hardware, or you run into problems with your third-party software. You observe symptoms like some part does not work as expected, some part does not work at all, some part seems not to exist at all, and some part seems to work differently than the vendor has promised or stated, perhaps in his manual. And sooner or later, you get the impression you are not the cause of the problem, but perhaps the victim of the situation. And if, belong, if we are looking on your environment, the, the question is then, 
what's the contract with the vendor? Have you simply bought something without any kind of warranty? Is there an explicit support contract available? Uh, or who are the points of contact on the vendor side for technical problems? So very often you have, for example, specific, specific field applications engineers available. Or what are the future plan of your organization with this particular vendor? We might observe in this episode also some kind of political discussion then to say, okay, how could we manage a request to a vendor who does not observe a very golden future with your company? Then let's see what can we do in that kind of situation to get better out of it as before. So I think in regularly this kind of situation, it's time for an intensive discussion with your vendor. Besides all the situations, all the phenomenons you have observed with your problem and with the problem situation you are in, it's time to get a little bit closer. It's time perhaps also to confront your vendor with your observations. And it's time to consider doubts. And here we are already with my five hacks to make this kind of discussions with these kind of meetings a real success story. First of all, we will start at the very beginning of this kind of meetings. Make the meeting invitation an epiphany. And I really literally mean that. Very often I see uh, meeting invitations simply sounding like, uh, we have to discuss about our problem, please help. So really, guys, this is nothing a serious vendor will in any way um, be concerned about or in any way try to maintain with his best person. It's simply some kind of customer who is shouting because in frustration he does not know what to do. And very often you will be served with a first level support, which is not really what you want. So first of all, you have to be very precise, very descriptive, and uh, in the intention of the meeting, have a clean agenda, be, be uh, concentrated only on the facts, no assumptions, never ever any kind of complaints in this kind of meeting invitation, and of course, no, no accusations. Not here. So describe precisely. Let's have a look what does describe description, a precise description contain. First of all, describe the situation you are in. Describe the harness you have used. Very often you have in an embedded system, you have a harness to test this embedded system. It's not working standalone in some way. Then observe very clearly, very precisely the phenomenon you observe and only the phenomenon. Don't mix it with an explanation why this phenomenon happens. No causes, only the symptoms, only the symptoms. Eh? And then you, if you have already started with that, I assume you should highlight the counteractions you have done up to now. So exactly what do you have done? And that's also, again, something, if you are doing this kind of investigations, that's clear, you have to note it down. You have to document the steps you have already gone, because otherwise we are half-wasted. <laughs> at the end, nobody really knows what has been effectively done with the system, especially the situation that you run uh, into the outcome that it's suddenly working. And then it's very dangerous because then you have a very complicated situation. The system is working and you do not know why. This might be very counterproductive, very negative for your, for your further uh, reliability of the system because you don't know how you can provoke this kind of, uh, of function. And then 
you should also highlight, also describe the results of the counteractions, of course. And your conclusions. Now, first time you can come with conclusions belonging to your current situation. But not that, that do not come up with suspicions like it must be your part of the hardware which fails or it can be only your system which yields the, strong, the wrong results or your system behaves wrongly. Something like that is not really progressing in the situation. So what you should do is simply the conclusions. So there seems to be something wrong. It looks like things are going worse here. We have this observation and then we conclude that and that. Be very concise. And then your open questions should come. All the W questions are very important here. Don't, no, no closed questions, no yes and no answers, but open question. How do you come to that way? Why is it behaving like that? Where can you go from here? What might be the reason of that? And so on and so on. If you remember uh, episode number eight, that was the three mandatory actions to successfully launch a task force. And here inside we have an invitation template. You can use that as a very good skeleton for your uh, vendor discussion invitation. You have to adapt it a little slightly because task force is something different when a, when a vendor, but you get, you get the idea of it. Second point, if you have described this kind of situation very precisely in the meeting invitation, next step will be call your intention of this meeting with the vendor. The vendor should know why you are calling that. It's your intention to have immediately the right persons in a meeting. So that regularly means you need to have technicians invited. But we are very often working in different time zones, are protected by field application engineers or even salespersons. So you don't get the touch on it. So you be, must be very, very precise in your intention why this meeting is important and why you need exactly the right person on the spot at this particular moment. And keep all your intention for such meeting under this condition. You need the right persons at the window as soon as better. Because otherwise, what will happen? You will be first confronted with the first level support, then the second level support, then the field application engineer uh, appears, then a second sales assistant uh, uh, appears, then finally some kind of far away technician appears. But when you have already done four meetings and your time is lost. So as soon as you have the right persons available, as better for your project. Then, as a next step, ask for support. Ask for help, ask for assistance with a problem you have done everything to solve it by yourself. So what I mean is that you do not call for the vendor the moment you are right, have a syntax error in your program. Yeah? So no minor errors, no, no things you are initially not, uh, you do not understand why will happen. You have to do some kind of serious investigation by yourself. Besides the fact you have a very uh, a very well-paid contract with the with the customer and you can't pass him every problem. But that's, you might not observe, I've never seen it, but maybe it's on, on your side it's like that, but I, I don't think so. It's something like you need to widen your scope and ask on a broader level belonging for the questions you want to, uh, you want the, the vendor be confronted with. Be very concise again with your questions. Well, Let's assume we have sent the meeting invitation, the participants are aligned, we have the time available, the slot is available, you have the video conference, you have the audio conference, everything is established, you are responsible for that, that it is functional. And very often we observe the problem that you have an internal uh, telecommunication, an internal telco system 
for teleconferences and maybe from the outside it's not connectable. So you have to think about that, that you now, you are no longer in your own environment, but you have to include someone from the outside. The same is vice versa. So very often you have prob problems that the outside is not that easy to be included into your, uh, in your infrastructure. Please clarify that beforehand. It must be available. That's also part of the meeting invitation that it must be clear. But let's assume these things are done and then let's go to the thing and say, okay, how do we prepare and especially brief the meeting beforehand? Besides the question you have already announced in the meeting invitation, there should be follow-up questions. You should discuss with your, with your bodies in detail what will happen. So you have to consider what will, be, what will be the results of our first or initial questions. How can we manage that? How could be our follow-up results? How, what does that mean for our project? And so on and so on. So you must be prepared for follow-up questions. And you should discuss with your bodies and it should be clear in mind what is the real goal of this discussion with your vendor. Very often it's only something like we want to get out of the trap, so we are locked between a rock and a hard place and we cannot escape by our, by our own, so we need external support. Okay, that's fine. But moreover, what is the, what, where do you will, will end up with your story? Is it really only helpful to get some kind of quick fix on that one? Or is there already some, some other discussions behind of it? Or are you intended that uh, the customer should help you on a particular part, on a particular area? Or is it, has it a wider scope? Be very precise about that. Think about where do you want to go. I, for example, I've observed a problem between which which was uh, which was involving hardware and software, and herein it was not clarified in which direction the the meeting should should go. And finally, we ended up in some very deep hardware level instead of we have had a software problem, and that was not and that was not handled at the moment appropriately, and that was a really big problem. You should also highlight what's your minimum goal of this meeting. What should be at the end if you finish the meeting and you have the, re the essence of the meeting? When do you want to call it successful? What is it? What goal must be resolved? What goal must have been achieved in this meeting? And then if, it, if in, in the whole meeting you have, to, you have to look for this goal and say, okay, are we still on the way to this goal? Or are we tending to some completely different direction? And if it's like that, when you have to go back on the track towards your goal, you must agree with your with your folks what what can be mentioned towards the customer, and even more important, what is not uh, allowed to be mentioned towards the customer. There might be secrets. There might be some kind of I, I don't know. Um, things which the customer is not allowed because there are secrets behind or whatever. And one last additional thing you have to keep in mind uh, if you're preparing your meeting is that you need to have all your know-how in the meeting. And I don't know, know and I don't mean your personal know-how, but the know-how in your company, in your organization, something like that. So it cannot be that you are um, the only one who is in the meeting with the vendor and the vendor has everything, everybody available you have requested for and you are maybe the only person in the meeting. So it, nothing is more embarrassing than the vendor arrives with full technical knowledge and on your side nobody else is available besides you and everybody essential must be available.
It can give also the kind of impression of disrespect if you on one end highlight that this is a super important issue, but on the other side your organization doesn't present appropriate participants. So that's contradicting and the vendor might come to the conclusion it's not really serious. And that's definitely not what you want. So keep in mind, you need to have the right persons available. So it's also something you need to consider for the whole time to go, okay, where do we have all the know-how and how can I arrange it? So it's a matter of time slots, it's a matter of availability, it's a matter to find the right persons, etc., etc. So there is a lot of things to do to prepare and brief the meeting beforehand. Let's come to the third hack. In the meeting itself, I've very often seen that such kind of meetings can very quickly escalate. So, I mean, there must be only one person inside, on your side or on the window side, who is not willing to participate in, um, yeah, in a friendly manner, in a supportive manner, but is really accusating. So that's something which is uh, not, or which is disrespectful and does not maintain a cooperative environment. Assume you and the customer are on the same side of the rope. You are not contradicting. You are not. You are not opponents, but you are working to solve a problem. And very often, the the vendor has more knowledge about this particular part of the problem when you have, otherwise you wouldn't have, would not have called him. And therefore, ban accusations all the time. If there is one member in your, in your team and also on the, on the Wenders team, don't allow accusations. It's, it's so negative and it, it corrupts all your affairs. It corrupts all your effort you are doing. And therefore, even you have the situation that there is no future with this vendor. So this is the kind of political thing. So maybe there is some company policy saying this vendor will, will never have on board. He will never come back in our order list. It's something you should not mention at that point. It's absolutely counterproductive. It, end, it only ends into a disaster on your side, especially on your side, because you do not get the support. And you know who will be blamed if such meetings end up with no progress. So that, that means that you have to state your expectations very precisely, but nevertheless very cautious. Take the vendor as some kind of big source or resource to potentially resolve your problem. Appreciate this relation and express it by your habits, statements and actions. Also, if you are angry, feared or whatsoever, it's absolutely counterproductive. So drop it away, take the vendor as a supporter. And very often or regularly, I have observed that vendors are in, in general are supportive because we want to sell their products. We have an, a very interest in that this product becomes, uh, becomes successful, that you have a positive image, that everything is fine with the product. So regularly we are trying to support you but very often we are not aware of the the, the certainty we're not we're not um, aware of the honesty which is behind all the the problems you really have and therefore you must be very honest and very open and very precise in your description personally i have observed it as rather negative if there are middle or higher level managers in the conference in this particular technical level conferences they regularly are not on the mandatory technical level. So that's one aspect. So we could not really contribute to the story. 
And very often they disrupt the whole atmosphere of engineers tracking down the problem. It's something of helpful if you have a higher level manager in your backhand. So I mean that this manager is available, there might be a moment you get the impression the vendor is blocking or it's blocked by something. In such case, it might be a political obstacle in the background you're not even aware of. And then it's time to use the power of the managers. But don't let them in the meeting. So if you cannot avoid it, okay, we are sitting in, but also brief them and say, okay, if you have a technical contrib uh, contribution, please highlight it, it's fine. But otherwise, please let us do our job. Please discuss, me, discuss with us aside in parallel. We have an open chat channel, for example, that's what I often do. I have a, I have a chat channel directly with the, with the manager, so he could contribute his uh, kind of ideas or misunderstandings or questions first to me, and then I will raise it or I will rephrase it to in an appropriate manner that it can be used. And very often there are details inside which we have not considered before, which are helpful, but they are sometimes raised in a in in a powering mode or something like in a very pushy tone. And this might be very counterproductive if you are in a technical meeting with your vendor. I personally prefer in in such kind of meetings a very cooperative and very open-minded discussion and progress. So that means if you if you come to the conclusion that there is something going wrong in the discussion, so perhaps there is the direction is a little bit wrong or the intention, and then highlight it directly. So that's in the meeting itself. If there is something going wrong, and then highlight it directly. There are open-minded questions like, Am I, is my impression wrong that this and this and this now happens? Or are we still on the right track? We are coming from that problem. Are we still on the way to solve that problem? How do you think about that we have come from the original problem now to this problem? Are we still on track? Do you think? And so on and so on. So it's, it could be, very, it could be phrased very open-minded, very, um, very relaxed, rather calm already, and simply state what does what is in your mind. Very often you are you are get a response that yeah we got the same impression. Maybe we have to slightly adjust our direction. We have to go into a, a different uh, in a different way and to tackle the problem in a different way. By the way, if the atmosphere is poisoned from the very beginning. There might be situation, it happens like that. Maybe there is a bit a bad mood, everybody was forced to do this kind of meeting or something there, something else. There is most likely no chance to succeed with the meeting. When my recommendation is clearly go back to square one and clarify the situation first and make a new meeting. Could be the same day, could be the next day, whatsoever, but spend the time to clarify the perspective, clarify the atmosphere from the very beginning, while you have a good, yeah, let's say, a result, or at the chance of a good result. It's very often only the atmosphere. So what I personally do all the time, I've already mentioned it with the, with, with the managers in mind, I usually have in such kind of vendor meetings a personal private channel, a private chat channel with my buddies. So we are discussing the background things. We are clarifying things. We are aligning our direction, things like that. And I'm pretty much sure that the blender will do itself the same way. 
So there is nothing offensive inside. It's simply some kind of clarification to say, okay, we are on one side, we are on the other side. We are trying to be on the same side of the rope to pull this, to pull this problem out from the ice. But on the other side, it's also something we have to keep in mind that we might not be able to tell the vendor everything. And yeah, from this perspective, you must be multi-actionable in this case. You must do things in parallel. Then let's come to the fourth hack. This, this is something regularly the person don't like. And that's something I personally always do. I write the minutes by myself. Um, the one who is writing the minutes is effectively controlling the meeting because you are, you are the only one with the keyboard and everything you type appears on the screen. And so it does not necessarily mean that you personally write the meeting minutes, but it should be someone from your organization. You call the meeting, you request the meeting, you do the minutes. That's easy going. And it's very clear because don't let it be done by the vendor. Even it seems very comfortable in the very first moment, but in, keep in mind that you, you want to control what's noted down. Simply take the notes by yourself instead of controlling every character which is hit on the vendor's keyboard because that's effectively what you, what you have to do. So if it's the other way around and you are controlling the minutes, it's quite easy because then you simply go away and hack down into the details what, what you want, to th what you're thinking about and then you ask for the clarification, you ask for whether this is acceptable, etc. So you need the control and you need the results. Both you will get with the, with the minutes. At least the report is inside. For the minutes itself, I have already done um, uh, some uh, some some episodes about that. Uh, for example, using using uh, mind maps. Let me just see where it is. It's in episode um, 35. 35 was five simple tweaks use mind maps for meeting minutes. So go back to episode 35 to get my hacks to make meeting minutes quite effectively with with mind maps. But you can do you can take whatever you want but you have to um, you have to be familiar with the tool don't do things with new or fancy stuff for example you have never been using mind maps and you're now thinking it's a good idea to do it the first time with your vendor no it's not a good idea you must be 100% rock solid in using the tool so determine and highlight in the meeting minutes your situation the discussion the findings you have you have found, the action items, perhaps also documents and conclusions. So these things are also mentioned in, in episode 35, things how, uh, how a meeting minute should be, uh, should be categorized. If you come to the situation that it looks like the meeting is going too fast, you don't catch the point, you cannot rephrase it in some way, when slow the meeting down. Yeah, slow it down, to maintain correct statements. Let everybody involved into this statement agree with it. So it's, meeting minutes must show the common sense. So very often you have to stop it. So when somebody is making some kind of monologue and explaining things, you have to short it down. You have to summarize it. And that's a very challenging work. So very often after doing this such kind of meeting, if such a kind of meeting lasts one hour and I have to do the meeting minutes, I am the discussion leader, I am the, the host of the meeting, 
uh, taking minutes and all that stuff together, I have also additional something like one or two hours as after period for, for preparation. And then, so it's roughly three to four hours for myself to, to have this meeting be done with the preparation beforehand. I'm fully exhausted. I, I, I promise you, you will be too. You are sweating like hell because it's really some tough work to do. And very often, all the other guys are not uh, respecting that. We only say, oh, you are in sitting there and taking some notes. Oh, that's, that's something completely different. You are making, you are summarizing on the fly, potentially also in the third, in, in, in not your mother tongue. So it's something you also have to translate perhaps. And if you're not that fluent, it's even more challenging. So do not take it personally. If there are misunderstanding or different opinions about statements, that's the regular way. So very often you phrase something, you, you punch it down into your minutes, and then somebody says, that's, that's different. I want to highlight that and that and that. There might be tones in between. If, if English is also your, is only your second language, and there might be different levels of command, and then your, your statements might not be understood by someone else or vice versa. Maybe your, your statement is too simple to reflect things. So let yourself be corrected by the other ones. Take the other ones also as resources. Very easy. And now the fifth and last hack to make a successful vendor meeting is command the meeting by yourself. Keep in mind, for this kind of meetings, you are not the mediator. You need to, you need to stay fair, objective and cooperative for sure. But keep your agenda in mind. It's the problem of your customer or it's the problem of your employer you are discussing about. And therefore, you are not a mediator. You have a clear agenda in mind. You need to summarize and simplify on the fly. And you have to also intercept two long statements. Very often, I, not now, okay, it's not very often, but sometimes you observe participants, you are making a monologue of 10 or 15 minutes. That's not acceptable, guys. So you have to shorten that you have to intercept them and if we are not talking to the to the topic itself but wandering around and that's very often what happens when you have to stop it intercept them and that's again a problem if you have for example your supervisor inside or your higher bosses inside and we are doing this kind of statement and where you have 60 minutes of meeting and we are wasting 15 minutes with some absolutely superfluous management statement and when you have lost 25% of your time for a very eager topic you are afterwards be made responsible for. So take that in mind. And therefore, again, brief your bosses if we want to join. It's also essential that you, time by time, during the meeting, collect the guys together again. So it's something like, ask whether you are still on the same track. Are we still having all the same opinion? Are we, what, what is going on? You have to go through the minutes again and say, okay, what's the point we found? That's our finding. That's a finding we have discussed about that. We come to that and that action item. Where, what else is missing? Yeah, what else can we do? And on the other side, you need to push the discussion sometimes if needed. So uh, that means you have to talk less you have to take as less as possible, but as much as efficiently needed to push the discussion. Sometimes you have an audience, uh, which is more like an audience, so we are more listening. But sometimes you have also some kind of, of power guys inside you only want to who only want to, 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 to speak the whole time. You also have to intercept them. Keep in mind who is, who is in the meeting. Maybe you have to engage all of them. Finally, one of the most important points with vendor meetings is 
close in time. Do not assume the others have spare time after the official time slot. Even you have time and your guys have time. It does not mean that the vendor has time. If more time for discussion is needed, uh, it's, it's easy. You provide either a new time slot or ask for prolongation of the current meeting. That means you shall not have any meeting directly after such meetings with a vendor. So it's absolutely counterproductive. And I run into this trap again and again all the time when I have my own meeting with a vendor or with someone else. And then suddenly someone else places a meeting right after this meeting or right before of the meeting. That's pure hell afterwards. If you have three meetings in a row and may, maybe, ex uh, for example, the, the one of the meeting in the middle is the one with the vendor, you have six or seven hours for preparation, meeting and after aftermath to do. But the full working day is exhausted with only this kind of meetings. And therefore, I meanwhile tried, or I meanwhile go the way that I decline this other meeting. But I say, I fully want to concentrate on this meeting. Which this has the highest priority with the winder. It has the highest sustainability. It has the, the, we must be accountable in that part. And therefore, I take that as my personal favorite. And here also, for getting a little bit closer into these details, how to run this kind of meetings in particular. Um, there is episode 12 where we were discussing about how to run a task force better than others. So have a look at episode 12 to get to jump a little bit more into the details. Okay, now let's make a short summary about the five hacks I have introduced for you. It first was make the meeting invitation an epiphany. Second, Prepare and brief the meeting beforehand. Three, ban any kind of accusations. Four, write the minutes by yourself. And fifth, command the meeting by yourself. Yes, these are my five hacks to find success with your vendor's discussion. Most likely, most of you guys have come into touch with meetings with vendors or customers already. What were your experiences? How do you succeed? What are your hacks to, to make the story a success? I appreciate your feedback and I'm very eager to know what are you guys effectively doing uh, because this is really, a, I think it's a little bit of a delicate story here to make things well driven and with a good results if you come into touch with the vendor because there are so many uh, political impacts that it's always, it's always a challenge. And therefore, please write to me, let me know, go to the episode's comment or the feedback form and drop me a note. Thank you already now. This was the vacational 44th episode of the Mastering Better Systems podcast. I'm Georg Lohrer. Thank you for listening. <music>